Keeping up with the Joneses. AJ Jones. Yes, sir. Episode 246. We have a problem. We do have a problem. Can you guess what the problem is? Um, Is it that you're showing a V and it's you're trying to distract me with your chest? It's not, but if that's working, <laughs> we can easily pause and go upstairs. <laughs> it's that I have had hiccups all day, which yeah. doesn't make for great podcasting. I've heard that um, hiccups are like the judgment of God. So is there anything that you... <laughs> well, see, Christ took the full punishment of God on the cross for me. So okay. I'm not sure how that could be the case. Um, in which case, uh, I've heard that hiccups... No, just kidding. <laughs> can you help me get rid of them? I could try and scare you. Go on and scare me. Do your best scare. I'm pregnant. No, just kidding. That would be scary. I'm not, I'm not pregnant. You it would be scary. <laughs> terrifying. 49. It would be a miracle. Uh, it would be a miracle. Uh, I I don't, uh, I can't. <laughs> I, do, I do have a brown paper bag here. They said that if you breathe in and out of a brown paper bag. For they, how long? They be in Google. I think until you, your skin turns a different color. Let's see what happens. Okay, let's watch. There you go. I think it worked. Okay, well, let's see. Let's just get going and and see if you right. make any more charming noises. Episode 246 is the follow-up to episode 245. Well, duh. But episode 245, we were talking about how to build and maintain relationships. Mm-hmm. And we ended that by saying, hey, I put out something on Instagram and uh, on our um, members forum. Like, hey, we're asking, this is what we're talking about. Do you have any questions? Well, we got so many amazing questions. Yes. And we didn't have time to fit them into episode 245. Right. So now we're going to answer questions. Oh, my gosh. And we have got some brilliant questions. Okay. I'm I'm really surprised that worked. That bag worked. It has seemed to work. I I, I had no idea. Knock on marble. Right. Are we allowed to do that as Christians? Like, I, marble, sure. Yeah, just um, knock on wood is better. Absolutely, but okay. marble, totally fine. fine. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'd heard the one where you like hang upside down and try and drink water. Gargle with fizzy water, gargle with ice cubes, drink from the upside of the cup. None of that's worked. I've tried it, but I am shocked that that worked. Okay. I mean, I heard one about peanut butter, but, you know, it's, you know, we don't need to try anything, so. A whole episode of fantastic user-generated questions. <laughs> okay. Before we get to that, though. Yeah. Uh, weekly catch up. Oh, uh, well, the kids are in camp this week. The kids are in summer camp and are having an amazing oh, time. They loved it. Yeah. They're at Deer Run, which is like a local Christian uh, both sleepover and day camp, but they're mm-hmm. at the day camp. And yeah, I mean, MJ was a little nervous going. Tia, I don't, I mean, she just makes friends pretty easily. She was just excited. But they both got in the car on Monday when I picked them up. And the first thing was like, can you register us for next year right now? You know, like they they loved it. Which honestly is what every parent wants to hear. Right. Because our goal this summer was to make up for last summer. Yeah. You know, which was just a catastrophe last summer with COVID. They didn't see anybody, didn't see friends. They were I was in sick the house. all summer. I didn't even see them it for like six miserable. weeks. miserable. Yeah. So we decided we're going to do everything we can to make this summer really special. So yeah. between VBS and summer camps, just a big win, win, win. The bummer of it is, the plan, at least in my head, because we dropped them off and pick them up, was that I would do the drop-off, but I managed to get sick. You did? Yeah, just after yeah. recording last week's episode, I came down with, I've been basically been in bed all week, except for yesterday. I finally went, it's not I finally went and saw a doctor, 
By the time I could get in to see my GP, I was at the tail end of the thing. But basically, I was in bed for six days. Just congestion, you know, just horrible. Yes. But the fun thing was on Saturday. Yeah. I woke up and I thought, I'm just going to put some essential oils. I'm going to put some Breeze on to open my airways. And when I put it on me, I couldn't smell any of it. I thought, well, that's weird. And I thought, well, maybe the oil, you know, had just evaporated. And so held up to like, no, there's some oil in there. And so, you know, I'm full on huffing it and can't smell a thing. So I come through to you in the kitchen like, babe, can you smell this? And you're like, yeah. <laughs> and so we realize I've lost my sense of smell. Yep. And uh, my taste was muted. So I was like, oh, are you kidding? Because I had about five or six COVID symptoms. Mm-hmm. Of course, I'm fully vaccinated. But in one sense, that's great, but it doesn't... You can still get it, yeah. Exactly. So I went to a walking clinic, had two COVID tests, rapid tests, which came back negative, which the doctor humorously said, which means nothing, so let's take a PCR test. That turned out I was negative for COVID, found out the day later. I don't get that, though. Like, why is there a rapid test if every medical person I've Because if of- it comes back positive, it's unlikely to be a false positive, but it's often a false negative. Okay. So if it came back positive... Yes, you have COVID. Yeah, you but have if it COVID. came back negative, not necessarily. Yeah. And I went in with that theory. Let's do the rapid test because it'll tell us instantly. And if it tells us not, that's no guarantee. Let's, and so she said the same thing. But the next day, praise the Lord, my sense of smell came back. But I just felt crummy. And the, the weird thing was, do you ever have those moments where you feel like you have a fever, but you don't have a temperature? Do you ever have those where you feel like you're burning up? No. But then you take your temperature no. and you don't? Okay. Well, yeah. maybe it's unique to uh, um, your physique, your maybe. unique man fluish physique. <laughs> oh, come on! Are you throwing man flu at me? I was legitimately sick this week, wasn't I? You were. Yeah. I don't know why I'm asking you. You're no more of a doctor than I am. <laughs> uh, but yes. Anyway, I went to see my doctor yesterday, and she gave me a shot in the butt of steroids. Yeah. Can I read the text that you sent me? Because it. I nearly peed myself. I laughed so hard sure, at your little yeah. text. Well, it depends which text it is well, that I sent you. It's too late. You just gave me permission. And so now suffer the consequences. So you were there and you said, getting a steroid shot in the butt. And I said, what did she say? She is our doctor. And we love our doctor. She's amazing. She, she's she got a great sense of humor. Anyway, Alan texts back. She said I was very brave and then stabbed me in the butt with a steroid. Not my worst date ever. (laughs) All things being considered. The trouble is, she did say to me yesterday, hey, the steroid shot might make you hyper, which typically does for like the first hour. You know what, though? I wasn't even sad about that because I'm like, at least you'd be out of bed, you know, so it's all good. But she said, you might have troubles falling asleep tonight Mm. at 2.30. I was like, yeah, you think? So at 2.30, I took a... Benadryl, and that knocked me out. Oh, good. And I woke up today. So, yeah, the week for me has been a write-off. It's been made slightly better by the fact that on Friday, Black Widow came out in theaters, which we didn't go to, but also on Disney+, Plus, which we rented. And it was great, yeah. Enjoyed that. And tomorrow you're doing all the driving to camp, so that's so great. Well, I was also going to say, but you haven't seen it, and the finale of Loki came out last night that me and Abby watched, but you didn't want to watch. Oh, yeah. I don't want to say anything about it. I don't even want to say it's really good because I don't want to temper it. Okay. But I'll, I, I'm I'm eager to watch it with you tonight. Oh, all right. We can watch it tonight. All right. That's okay. our weekly catch-up. Anything else happened? I don't think there's anything exciting that has happened. I always fear that something big has happened and, and you know, we've forgotten it. 
or maybe some momentous occasion with friends and you're like, seriously, you don't even remember it was my birthday and we went to New York and Yeah, we haven't traveled. We had staff fun day today and uh I I tried my hand at cornhole hole. Cornhole. Corn oil. Cornhole. And uh, which isn't a game that any Canadian plays, really. I, I I never saw the game till I moved down here. So you know. explain it to people who might not be familiar with what cornhole is. It's like a it's a it's a big board that's it's like tilted. Low rent basketball. <laughs> okay, that's tilted and has a hole in it, and you stand across from it and th- try and throw bean bags into it. Uh, and it's which are it is about as exciting corn. as that sounds. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I decided to try my hand at it. And How was it with your stitches? Well, um, it it felt fine. Well, that's the only thing I was. I thought I'm not going to get too into this because I'm not going to risk. And that's probably why the only reason Tony won. That's probably the only reason Tony won. It, it wasn't because he's played it a gajillion times and I've played it like twice. Uh, but yeah, he he trounced me thirteen to one. All right. Well. Okay. Let's see. How am I going to do this? I need a like bigger text. I was giving you grief about it last week. We've got so many questions. Okay. I've kind of grouped them by theme so we don't have them repeating. Mm-hmm. And I've priorited our members because members get that sweet priority Q&A. So, again, we were talking about how do you maintain, how do you build healthy relationships? Y'all had so many good questions. This one's grouped under the heading audits because we talked last week about doing relationship okay, audits. Okay, audits, yeah. So somebody said, how do you know when a friendship is over or just going through a hard time? How do you know when a friendship is over just going through a hard time? You don't hear from them anymore. It's definitely over at that point. No, just kidding. Uh, I, I don't know. I think because we do relationships so like not so much in your face, but like there's lots of communication involved. I don't think I've ever faced not knowing if it's over. Does that make sense? It does make sense. I'm just trying to think about this person's question. How do you know when a friendship is over or just going through a hard time? So so presumably it could be going through, like, what are the characteristics of relationships when they go through a hard time? Maybe it feels like a lot of work. Maybe there's friction or misunderstanding communication. Yeah, maybe they're in a different season. There's less time spent, that kind of thing. I think it probably depends on how much you value the relationship on your end, how much you want to fight for it. And by by fight for it, I mean both extend grace and have conversations that need to be had. Right, but also I'm thinking the answer to that question comes. I don't. I don't. I, this is going to sound pithy, and I don't mean it to. The answer to that question doesn't come by asking podcast hosts who know nothing about the relationship. It's by asking the person you're in relationship with. Yeah. Hey, where's our relationship? Like, yeah. I can't tell whether we're just going through a hard time. Or whether our is our relationship coming to an end? Yeah. Like asking those questions, which of course, based on the number of questions I got asked about boundaries, is going to send a lot of you into paralysis. But the way out of a lot of unknown is to move forward with clarity. Yes. And clarity is often discovered by confrontation, by communication, yeah. by exploring that topic. Yeah. And I think we mentioned last week that like all relationships have a lifespan built into them. You know, relationships ebb and flow for good and bad reasons. and But I don't like to think of a relationship as over. Like, that's like got a really final sense to it. Yeah, it might just be in a, a season where it's there's less contact yeah, or, or whatever. But... Yeah, on the back burner. Yeah. Um, similar to that question, how do you not get discouraged 
Or how do you handle it when your friends don't prioritize the relationship? I know sometimes relationships are for a season or maybe they just go through seasons. But my question is, do you keep trying? Do you just let it be what it is and use your energy going after the relationships that seem to be more mutual? Yes. To all of the above? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, unless, like, again, there's sometimes there's seasons where the Lord's like, hey, pour into this relationship, you're not going to get very much back. If that's what you're talking about, then you just keep pouring in and being faithful until the Lord tells you something different. But generally speaking, yeah, if you're the one that's extending all the energy and and you don't feel like you're that's reciprocated, then I would say if, if you're talking about th- like these, this is the one of the people that you're uh, making up your friendship group with to fill that tank. Yeah, go for greener pastures where somebody's actually. But would you go for greener pastures? Or would you go confront the person first? Well, I'd pro- I would probably let them know first. Like yeah. I would probably be like, hey, this isn't a pressure thing, but it just feels to me like, you know, pretty one sided. Uh, so I you just want to let you know, I'm, I'm probably going to effort this less if it's not, if it's, cause it's obviously not that something you want to effort a whole bunch. In. And that's we not punitive. Friends, that's not threatening. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But like, you know, most of the answers to our questions will be, we'll just go and speak to the person. Yeah. Like so many of the questions are, how can I mind read this person more clearly without ever having to get my feelings hurt? Like you can't, all of the answers to your questions are on the other side of risk. Yeah. And sometimes like. You putting in more effort and them putting in less effort might come down to definition. Like, yeah. you know, um, just different personality types and stuff. They, different communication they, styles. Right. And and different, like, if you're talking an extrovert and an introvert. Oh, this is where our fire alarms are now going to self-test themselves. But we should be okay. Keep going. <laughs> wow, we got hiccups. we got smoke Well, detectors. I'm just thinking, like, you know, I'm sure... Uh, that I have in different seasons, like when your kids are really, really little, there's definitely been friends that have been like, I don't feel like I see you anymore. And I'm like, yeah, because I have three kids under the age of four. Yeah, you you're know? right. You don't you, see You me. don't. And it's not lack of wanting to be friends. It's not lack of effort. It is lack of energy and lack of time in the day. Uh, so there can be like any number of reasons why that is the scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're you're only going to actually know that not by mind reading because you can't, but by having the conversations. Top tip. I've always loved the way you say scenario. Okay. I, well, what's I, the other way of saying no, it? No, I just love the way you... Scenario. I know. Stop, baby. Stop. <laughs> yeah. How do you... I don't tend to get discouraged. I tend to just... you. Well, I might get discouraged... But I'll use that, you know, you sit with your anger or your hurt or your lonely to get to the gift, you know, so you find the wisdom to move forward. Yeah. Or, you you know, if you sit with your lonely, it leads you to your intimacy or your desire for intimacy. Like, hey, I, you know, I need some clarity around that. All right. Last question around the whole audit thing is, what about when you're the one that keeps reaching out to try to spend time with people to build relationships and they seem to enjoy hanging out, but it's still you making it happen? Like, what do you do then? I mean, again, you have a conversation. We're just going to keep saying the same thing because that can come down to this person is not a planner and you are a planner. I mean, that could come down to any number of reasons why that's what it feels like to you. you The most common cause of broken relationships is communication related. Yeah. And that's a, a great example. Like, if you are a very planning oriented person, you think planning, and your friend is super spontaneous. 
you could be receiving the way they live as a series of continual disrespect messages. Like, how come they never call me to hang out? They literally don't think like you do. And that, yeah. that could be all that it is. But it can also be somebody like me who I'm, I'm an Uber planner. I have my whole life planned and I'm exhausted. And so I don't want to my funniest. plan f- plan friendship. I want to just hang out when we can and I'm okay with that. Yes. But the funniest thing is how how many times over the years have we had people, usually people who don't know us that well, send us a text going, hey, what are you doing tonight? Do you want to hang out? Or like, or what are you doing on Friday night? You're like, my Friday night was scheduled three months ago. Yeah. Like, what do like, you mean? What my do life I? doesn't ever look like that. And that can be odd. I mean, of course, that sounds odd to people who don't live a very structured, planned life. Yeah. So you can see why that's just going to introduce uh, communication. Issues. Issues, thank you. All right, that's audit questions. Here's some feelings-related questions. How do you steward loneliness and let it lead you to the need it is pointing to and reconcile that with the truth that the Lord places the lonely in family? Do you mind if I take a step? I think you should because, um, yeah, I need more contemplation time. The, The underlying premise in this question is that those two things are, are, are at odds. And that's a, that, that's a false understanding. So the, it seems like the person asking the question is saying, hey, you know, you've taught us to you know, sit with your lonely. And yeah, it also says that the Lord puts the lonely in family. So like, how do you live within those two tensions? There's no tension. When we sit with our loneliness, we listen to what our heart is trying to tell us. And our mm-hmm. heart is trying to tell us, I need connection. Mm-hmm. That's the gift of lonely. Mm-hmm. It's pointing to the real need that every human has which is connection. And by the way, the connection that the Lord gives us is great, but it's not enough for the way we were designed. See the Garden of Eden, right? God made everything good, and yet it's not right that man is alone. And He so he built a, another human for him to have connection with. But that is so that when man gets a cold and needs every little thing brought to them in bed, I'd like to they point moan. out that I have a medical certificate <laughs> that I was brave. And a blue... Okay. Band-aid. Uh, uh, you have a blue Band-Aid, yeah. but I'm not sure you have a medical certificate because I certainly haven't seen it. <laughs> well, you can speak to Sam when you see her in um, a couple of weeks. Yeah. So th- th- I think those the feeling of lonely and that verse, God puts a lonely in families, are, are just one and the same thing. Right. And it's God answers lonely. Sit with your loneliness and it tells you what you need mm. and it leads you to your next steps. Like, man, I feel really lonely with myself. I feel really lonely with God. I feel really lonely with AJ. I feel really lonely with Chris. It's telling you like, oh, I'm longing for intimacy with AJ. I'm longing for intimacy with Chris. I'm longing for intimacy and connection with myself or with God. Mm. And the promise that you have in scriptures is that, yes, God sets the lonely in family. It's like mm. the cry of your heart is leading to you to the thing that God has already predetermined for that you That you need, have. yeah. Yep. This is a beautiful question. How can you be vulnerable to build relationships and intimacy? Show them all your birthmarks. Just kidding. <laughs> hey, do you know I've got three nipples? No. Right, don't do that. But how do you do it? Like, you do it by doing it. And my, my encouragement is do it in baby steps. Stages, yeah. 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 Like, not on your first meeting. No, that would be terrifying. Can you imagine? But I've had that. Yeah. I've had people come up to me and yeah. try and jump in the deep end of a pool. We're like, whoa. 
Yeah. You know, I'm not ready to get emotionally naked with you. This is so weird. Right. And it's different if you're talking about somebody sharing their life story with their pastor for help. But it, we're, in these questions, we're talking about friendship. And I mean, I had a, 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 a conversation like that a, a couple of months ago with somebody who was saying, hey, I have so much stuff that's coming up for me right now personally that I'm completely, they were sort of feeling really overwhelmed by even what they were trying to process with the Lord. And they're like, so I can't be friends with anybody because, you know, this would be super overwhelming for anybody to listen to. And I'm like, are you saying that if you were to go out for coffee with someone, you'd have to tell them your whole life story to be able to feel like yourself having coffee? Or can you just go and have a normal conversation that doesn't involve burying all of everything you've ever suffered uh, and let things build naturally Mm -hmm. she's like oh yeah i guess i could do that you know so yeah i think a a good rule of thumb is that the things now i'm answering this question here i'm not suggesting this is a rule of thumb with your closest of friends but you're talking about like how do you build vulnerability in order to build relationships so you're talking about like i don't already have this depth of relationship my advice would be don't tell stories that are fresh or unresolved. Mm. Tell stories that are at least two years. You've got two years from victory. So like in terms of, you know, you talking about your past, talking about, you know, stuff that's precious to you. A, a good rule of thumb is there's two years have passed since you've had victory in that area that you're beginning to open up. Now, don't misunderstand me. My closest friends are going to hear real time about the crisis that's happening in my heart, about what's going on. Mm-hmm. But I'm talking like if you're establishing a new relationship, you're building a new relationship, a good a good rule of thumb is two years. I also think, though, just being you in the moment oh, so helps important. build vulnerability. Because a lot of times we're like, okay, I'm going to go out for coffee with this new person. And we either, you know, maybe you're actually tired and you actually got a phone call that's pretty upsetting and you're crying this afternoon and blah, blah, blah. But then you show up for coffee and you're like, hey. No, everything's good. And, you know, and you're a super version of yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, there's no reality in that at all. Do you know yeah. what I mean? As opposed to being able to go, hey, I'm I'm so excited. You know, I was really excited to meet with you today. I got some kind of not great news. Don't want to talk about it right now, but just letting you know, you know, I just feel a little bit subdued or, you know, I, I'm just kind of exhausted from the day, but I'm happy to be here, but I'm mm-hmm. just letting you know. Like even things like that, build i think uh, that's beautiful darling yeah. because in that example you're demonstrating care for yourself mm. which demonstrates you can be trusted mm-hmm. the other option is like oh the hi no everything's fine is you caring for them i don't want them to feel bad about my feelings yeah like when we're like that we're actually demonstrating oh if you can't be trusted with yourself how can i trust you with myself right if you can't be trusted with your own heart how could you be trusted with my heart yeah so you know, how can you be vulnerable? It's like baby steps. Practice vulnerability. Practice being kind to yourself. Remember, Scripture says, love your neighbor as yourself. I've joked a lot of the time that I, there's lots of people I don't want to be neighbors to mm-hmm. because I don't want to be loved. But just by the way I witness them love themselves, I'm like, oh, like I don't want that measure coming back on me. But I'm also thinking like this is this is a different kind of vulnerability, but this is something that we, when we train people to preach and teach, We always tell them, hey, teach from where you are. Like people are going to be able to tell Mm -hmm. if you're coming in again and being superhuman when actually you just had a really rough day or, you know, whatever. Like people, 
can register. There's not some. There's something that's not quite right there. Limbic resonance. Right. That's a technical term for that. Oh, thank you. So you know, if if you're coming in and you're like, man, it's been a tough week, but I'm going to bring this message to the Lord. That's I would much rather meet that person than superhuman who doesn't ever have a bad week. And then gives me this message because. Can you I know. ask you about that? Yeah. Maybe I'm asking my, our listeners about that. Is uh, sometimes, and this could be my own judgment, sometimes I either go to a church or I listen to a church message, and the message is spectacular, but I don't believe what the preacher's selling. Not the content, but the delivery because of that very thing. Yeah. I feel like the preacher's being a super self, a super version of themselves, because they think that's a more effective way of getting the message to me. But all I feel like something inside me is not, it, there's nothing doctrinally wrong with what they're saying, but it's not ringing my bell. Right. Because it feels inauthentic in the, in the, in the moment like, or in the delivery. Like, I, and I've got no reason to not trust them. I don't even know them. Mm. And I'm wondering if that's the whole limbic resonance. Could also be all my judgments, but so yeah, I'm away. But then I look often at people who are loving it, and I'm like, "Do you have no discernment, or am I wrong? Like, th- does any of that make sense?" No, it does. And I think some of it is like I remember having a conversation with my friends that did Tehila with me, Your and Pentecostal my friends. Pentecostal friends, and they were like, "AJ, we're taught that in Bible college. Like, we're never t- have a bad. Day. We're taught you, you, you can't have a bad day." And you present everything like you have no weaknesses, no problems, no whatever. Everything has to be upbeat and breathless, you know. And But that's what they were trained to do. And clearly it works because there's lots of people in ministry who are doing that. Yes. And people seem to love it. Yes. Uh, so... But I don't know if that's because that's what we are used to or what we expect or... Because uh, I know a lot of times, like when people come to Gray Center or when people came to Toronto or whatever, they'd be so surprised by the vulnerability. And it's one of the things that oh, yeah. we get on the school all the time. Like, I'm so surprised by how vulnerable you guys are and how open you are about what you're going we through. We don't really know whatever. any other way. And we're like, why wouldn't we be? Yeah. You know, um, because that gives you permission to be in process too, because I'm in process, you know. Yeah. Um, but that's what I know. So that's why I'm like that. And that's what I love about John and Carol and Jeff and hopefully ourselves as well, that we very much try to be the same people on the platform as we are off the platform. Right. Warts and all. Right. Good, bad, and ugly. All right. Uh, I don't have any warts. I just want to mention that. Okay, that's great. Yeah. Next topic of questions is all about questions around relationships in different seasons of life. Okay. This would be a great one for you to answer. How do you cultivate and maintain deep friendships in motherhood when you've got small kids? Um, uh, oh, when you've got small kids. Well, first of all, you give yourself a whole bunch of grace. Because with small kids, it's anything can happen. And anybody who has small kids will get it. And those who don't get it, they just don't get it. And you have to kind of go, all right, you know, when you have kids, you're going to get it. You're going to, and then you'll circle back with me, which has happened so many times where, you know, where there's more recently they, you know, they've had children and all of a sudden go, oh my gosh, I totally understand why you couldn't say yes to this mm-hmm. or why, you know. And you can't blame um, people for what no, they don't know. Because, you know, at some point I didn't know either. And I was that person that was like, I don't understand. We used to hang out and now you're like, we never have time for me, you know. So one thing is uh, being friends with other people in a similar season because. Ding, ding. It's, it's so easy to have grace, A, and 
there's something really lovely about just getting together with a couple other moms who all have little tiny kids and those little kids can run around together and you all get it. Like you all get why that conversation took three times as long as you wanted it to because one of you had to go rescue one child from the other or whatever, you know, and there's no judgment. There's no, you know, it's just all like, yay, this is our season. So I would say spend time with people in similar seasons. Yep. Yeah. Or anything else? Uh, also, I mean, if you're hanging out with moms who have been there before, like I have tons of, I have friends who have littles, like really littles, and I have so much grace for them because I remember. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, yeah, sure. You need to cancel last minute because they just bumped their head off the coffee table and the, yeah, great. Like I'm, I'm good with that. I'm not going to get offended. I'm not going to, you know, whatever, because I get it. That's mm-hmm. what the season looks like. I, but I, again, going back to, confrontation will help with people who don't have young small kids you explaining what life is like or actually you making realistically clear your availability and what that looks like will actually help them have grace like i would love to hang out but i'll be honest that would look like you coming over and helping me fold laundry right oh i remember we would do that we had friends that would do that come over and just just say i would love to be with you yeah but it's going to look like peppa pig is on in the background and our conversation is going to be interrupted that's the best I can do. Yeah. Or you can come over at nap time. I still need to be in the house. We're probably going to have to be a little quieter. And um, that'll be over whenever mm-hmm. the child wakes up. But I would encourage you to lean into the healthy shame of the season. Yeah. In that you have got new limitations that are outside of your control. And that doesn't mean you're a bad mom. It just means that's the reality of the situation. And it doesn't make you a bad friend. That also doesn't make you a bad friend. Lean into that limitation. Yeah. I am a person with limitations and that's okay. Acts of service boy over there. I don't know if you can hear this because he's off microphone. Chris, who's our producer, is just like, hey, I've got a thought. Chris is married but doesn't have children. And he's saying if you're in the reverse situation where you're friends with the couple with a newly minted small child, be <laughs> proactive. Don't ask what do you need because they need sleep. But be proactive and go, can I come over and do dishes with you? Can I come over and, and be with you? Can I come over and prepare a meal because I miss you, would love to be with you, and recognize the season of your life, which is incredibly gracious and and uh, kind and proactive in your thinking. Yeah, and it's also sowing into when you get into that season as well. So We had such a sweet when we were in the school we always teach about so where you want to go yes and we were talking about that somebody asked us a question one of the students on the school asked us a question and she was at the time an unmarried single mom mm-hmm. and she was hearing us talk about when aj was unmarried she would sew into marriages that she'd loved she'd go over and babysit she'd go over and clean houses she'd go over and prepare meals she'd go over and babysit so that her friends could go out and have a date night yeah because she aj was like i want to sew where i want to go yeah and so this person listened and heard that and was like, I want to do that for you. And so every Sunday, I mean, it was, talk about humbling, every single Sunday. Single mom with a baby. Single mom with a baby would come over with a home-cooked meal for our family that she had prepared. An amazing home-cooked meal. And did that for months. Yeah. And, I, you know, it was hard for us to receive that help because you're like, oh, my gosh. But it was the revelation that we taught and she's putting into practice yes and yeah now, we struggled with saying yes to letting her do that and then it was like actually it's it we didn't know about healthy shame it, did we no and she was like i mean she didn't say it in these words but she was like you're not gonna like steal my blessing from me are you and, and now I was like, she is oh. married with how many children oh quite a few expecting her like 19th no. i think <laughs> i, can't I think up. she's expecting her wait 
It's either fifth or sixth. Isn't that funny? I can't remember. So a beautiful, yeah. beautiful yes. story. All right, next question, kind of similar, but in another season of life. Any tips for making friends later in life? I feel like after college, it's been so much harder for me to find people I connect with. I'm an introvert too, and going up to people I think I might like is a little terrifying. After all, they may not feel the same way about me, which feels like rejection, which feels like I knew I should have just kept to myself. The struggle is real, y'all. How can I put myself out there without coming across as a clown? Oh, I love uh, that question. Um, I mean, we're both introverts. Uh, I'm probably more extroverted than you are, but certainly uh, still greet the world as an introvert. And I would say, like, I, I get what you're saying. I, I'm i one of those people who, if I go into a room, I'm looking for the one person that I can connect with. I, I, I'm not trying to connect with everybody in the room. I feel intimidated, mm-hmm. you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, but I can remember, you know, particularly in, in sort of church things where you're like, uh, I want to, yeah, I want to meet new people. And I want, but this feels pretty overwhelming as an introvert. Uh <laughs> This is going to sound stalkerish. I did a lot of standing in groups and listening to conversations and whatever, and just sort of assessing like, oh, who feels who feels safe to me? Who do I want to risk saying, oh, tell me more about your story? Or I had a friend who was really good at asking questions, and so I had gotten a little list of questions you could ask of people mm-hmm. when you first meet them, so that I, you know, that were sort of non. Um, yes, no questions. Yes, so not open-ended. yes, no, open-ended, but like non-threatening, but be would be a, something that I would feel like, oh, yeah, I could ask that. Like, oh, well, we're, you know, tell me a little bit about where you're from or got, how you got here, you mm-hmm. know, or whatever, so that it's like, oh, and then I could figure out, is is this somebody I want to keep having a conversation? You know what I mean? So, so I would say um, I was it generally speaking, I wasn't in a hurry. I did a lot more listening than talking um, and figured out some good questions to start asking. I don't know if that helps, though. I think that helps. I would also encourage this person to pray for favor. So, like, ask the Lord to give the people you want to be in relationship with a gift of favor so that you have favor in their eyes. And and the, the thing that you're talking about, like, oh, I don't want to actually risk looking like a clown, that will not go away. And the the most beautiful thing to put yourself at peace is you are a gift. And if other people can't recognize the gift in this season, that's okay. That's their loss, not yours. Yeah. Like it's interesting that your story would be, oh, God, I've uh, just been rejected. I should have kept myself to myself. Perhaps a healthier narrative is, oh, I guess that's not for this season. Or that's not my people. Those or that's not my people. My people. Or, you know, gosh, there must be something wrong with them that they can't recognize the gift that's in their midst, right? <laughs> but the, try creating, a, like, a not a healthier narrative. I don't want to shame your narrative, but, like, a, a narrative that is kinder to you. Yeah. But I would, I would go in and I would look, take baby steps. I would look for, pay attention to who you're drawn to because you're drawn to them for a reason. And then find casual ways, socially acceptable ways of inserting yourself into their life. So, for example, you're at church, you know, and you're in the coffee shop. Go up and say hi to them. Like, the power of introducing yourself is huge. And then see what this reaction to. Like, hi, I'm Alan. Yeah. Like, hi, I've seen you around. What's your name? Just like the simplest of baby steps where you're not going to be rejected asking somebody, you know, what their name is or their story. Like, where did they come from? Or, hey, 
But don't stay frozen in what if they reject me. And if they do reject you, it's not you. Yeah, it's move just on. Move on. There's other people. Uh, I was also thinking, though, of your thing where you used to sort of say to yourself, hey, you know, I'm amazing. People like me. Like, I, I'm I'm worthy of friendship. I'm worthy of being known. Yeah. And sort of... Uh, I don't know if self-talk is what I want to. Well, I but never, I never said those things to me. That was an, that was a recurring dialogue in my head from as long as I can remember. Like my mom did something brilliant in instilling an incredible sense of self-esteem. Right. So, I. You would go in a room expecting people to like all you. the time. Yeah. And I'm confused when people don't. Yes. Like very when, confused when, when I don't have don't. favor. Yeah. It like, I, like it throws me for a second. Like wow, what like. You know, and then I've I've learned to kind of shrug that off and understand. Okay, it's not a time, it's not a season. It's, right. That's okay. So, but what I'm saying is, so that's a thing that your mom installed in you that yeah. you every already, room is better for you being in it. Yeah, you already go into the room expecting I'm going to be wanted here. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I I'm adding to the environment. I remember a friend of ours telling us a story of uh, she was going into her senior year of high school and she's feeling super nervous and she's probably a little bit more introverted or whatever. And she was thinking about how you had talked about, hey, my mindset is, hey, you want to know me. Like I'm yeah. I'm I'm a great person to know. And so she just determined, all right, I'm gonna go to this brand new high school in my senior year and I'm gonna just keep thinking to myself, you I'm amazing. You want yeah. to know me. I'm I'm a gift. And this person is amazing. If you and knew they, this person, they're they amazing. Are. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh but she like came home and was like, I made friends the first day, mm-hmm. you know, she's telling her mom. And, uh, and that was a new experience for her. So I think also that like, it's, it's so important. We've got to understand that we can't be friends with everybody. That's an unrealistic expectation. Oh Not gosh. everyone is going to like your flavor and that's okay. Yeah, it's great. All right. Um, how do you find time for friendships in busy seasons of life? Over to our busyness correspondent. I don't know that I'm doing that well with it. I mean, I have some regularly scheduled friend time. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't have much friend time because in the moment, most nights, uh, once we're done uh, working and potentially meeting people for dinner or doing whatever, my choice would be I'm going to bed. Like That's the introvert. It's 7.30. I'm, I've run out of, I call it people juice, which sounds really gross, but like I've run out of energy I can spend on people and now I need mm-hmm. to be completely by myself you know to to survive but I do have some like regularly scheduled I meet my friend every Wednesday at this time or I meet in and, and so for me that's been one of the things that I've historically done is I uh, have regularly scheduled time, well, that would all but- come out of the friendship audit in this season of my life yes I'm going to prioritize the friends that energize me and give me life yes it's not that I'm abandoning my other friends, but no. again, I'm a person with limitations. Back to healthy shame. Yeah, and then I have spontaneous moments of like, oh, you know what? It's Friday. I have lots of energy. I feel like seeing a person. So then I'm like, oh, who would feel like life to me? So then I'll just text. Mm-hmm. And if they happen to be free, great. And if they're not, I'm not offended. It's all good. You know? Yeah. So I kind of do both. And then remember that the other person is going to have ebbs and flows as well in terms of like the you know busy seasons of life. Yes. But again, not to be crass, we tend to prioritize what's most important to us. Yes. 
And that sounds really horrible. Like, if you don't prioritize these friendships and they're not important to you. No, it's like with the ingredient list you have, with the limitations that you have of time, energy, money. Yeah. Like, you're doing the best you can. Like, yeah. I, if anybody's listened to this, the gift I would love to give you is an increased measure of being kind to yourself. Yeah. And understanding that your limitations don't mean you're broken. It means you're human. Yeah. Embrace your limitations. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, just, yes. Absolutely agree with that. I'm just thinking like you're talking about priority. Uh, always our priority is going to be our family. Mm-hmm. And by our family, I, I mean not only our kids, but you and I are our family. I'm also by myself in our family. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it's those things coming into play yeah. first. Because Absolutely. It, it, it's if pointless not, if we don't have anything to give of ourselves. Like right. If you're so drained because you didn't go to bed at 7.30. Yeah. But, but again, that comes out of boundaries. Like you can say no to being with your friends and going to bed at 7.30, having a bath and then just going to bed yeah. so that tomorrow you've got more of yourself yeah. to give away. Yeah. And I also have some friends that I can literally go, hey, uh, I'm still going to meet you tonight. I just need you to know I am trashed. Mm-hmm. So can we just like watch a TV show or, you know, whatever. And I mean, that's when you know kind of who you're maybe more who your people are because those are usually the people that are like yeah totally i'm with you you know let's just sit there and stare at something we got a couple of questions (laughs) oh about church ministry life and friendship what tips do you have on not withdrawing from people when you're in full-time ministry how do you keep balance and connection with people when you work with people all of the time i guess we just answered that yes but let's flesh that out because I understand that when we're talking to people, I know there's pastors who listen, there's leaders who listen, there's husbands and wives of pastors and leaders who are listening in church cultures that are very different from Grace Hour. Like you're, yeah, I mean, I've certainly heard, friends. yeah, I've certainly heard, yes. I mean, we used to travel meeting with pastors. That's what we did for years. And that's the number one reason we didn't want to be pastors. Yes. Largely speaking. Um, But so many of them felt like, oh, I have to be friends with everybody who attends my church. Two extremes. And meet all of their needs. And I'm like, that's insane. That's one extreme. Or, you know, my my Pentecostal friends who were trained don't actually be friends with anybody in your congregation because, you know, then they'll know stuff about you. (laughs) And I was like... Wow, I'm so glad I didn't grow up in this either. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I suppose I don't view relationships with people that either... I'm friends, good friends, with a bunch of people I work with. But I would say that your friends, like you haven't picked friends, you haven't looked at, like, do I want to be friends with this person based on the criteria of whether they do or do not go to my church? Absolutely not. You've picked, your one of your major criteria yeah. is, is this person going to be life to me yes. or work to me? Yeah. Yeah, because I, I get to already work yeah. with people or on people or, you know, whatever. Uh, yeah, so my friends get to just be my friends. But the question is, like, how do you... Uh, what tips do you have on not withdrawing from people when you're in full-time ministry? I My my advice to you would be, you might need, like, if the reason, I, I would ask, why do you need to withdraw? Like, what is it about you or what is it about the people that you're pastoring that's causing you to want to have to withdraw? Because it could be that's wisdom. It could be you're in a very toxic environment and it's actually not a healthy environment for you to be because, I don't know, maybe your environment doesn't have a high value on inner healing or on powerful communication or brave communication. And it's just, you know, right. or right. 
But here's the thing, like, we, every one of us, we all need people in our lives. We all need healthy, rich relationships. If you can't find that in the congregation that you're leading, that's okay. Like the Lord's highlighting some work for you to do. But also you're going to have to look to your left, to your right of your congregation to find some people. Because we need relationships. We need, so either that's like other leaders from other churches, other friends from different areas of life. Mm-hmm. Um, but how, what tips, I'll tell you the tips I have, I learned this really early on is, this was back in the days when we'd meet with lots of people pre-COVID, but I remember Jeff sitting us down going, hey, every week you need to put in on your meeting schedule, not just people who need to meet with you, because that's always going to be a drain. That's not a derogatory statement, but when people come looking for wisdom or prayer, no matter how lovely that, that drains you, make sure on your week of meeting with somebody, there's somebody that you want to meet with for you, that you want to meet with them because either they're going to encourage you, they're going to challenge you, they're going to lift you up. And I never yeah. forgot that. Yeah. And so you know, that would be a tip. How do you keep balance and connection with people when you work with people all the time? Work out what your love language is. Like, do you need quality time on your own? Are you an introvert? Are you an extrovert? How do you recharge? You know, be kind to your heart. Remember, you're no good to anybody dead. And have clear expectations that are clearly communicated. Yeah. And honestly, work hard. If you're a pastoral leader, work hard on yourself with inner healing and then feed that into your culture so that your your people get healthier. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I love this question. And, and now I feel bad that I said I love it. But here's why I love it. Oh, dear. Is now it, I'm afraid. Is it ever okay to end a relationship with church people? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Right? Church people don't get a pass. Like, well, you have to be friends with me because I go to the same church as you. Like, that's yeah. insanity. No, I don't. Right? You you end relationships with people, period, when it's become a place of toxicity or unhealth. Yes. Unhealthiness to yes. you. Regardless of whether they go to church, right? Yeah. So, yes. Simple. All right. This topic is all about questions that could easily fall under the category of boundaries. Mm. How can you develop healthy communication of boundaries at the beginning of a friendship to avoid awkward communication once the relationship has already developed without worrying that brave communication right at the beginning might scare them off? For example, if you've known someone for a while and they're used to letting uh, they're used to you letting them take control over you in some form, how could you avoid this happening? Okay, we're already in what I like to call dysfunction soup. Right. Okay, no offense. Take it away, boundaries boy. No offense to the person asking this question, but this question's got so many it's like a boundaries lasagna. There's so many layers of dysfunction going on in here. We we never want to purpose our communication to avoid future communication because that's control manipulation that's like hey if i can communicate this now then i won't have to need to communicate with you later if we're always scared of communicating with a person we're going to be in relationship with we probably want to evaluate why we're going to be in relationship with that person okay if you're looking at this relationship thinking i have to secure and lock down this relationship so that if it goes sideways later, I'm not caught out. That's probably not a relationship you want to begin with. So maybe step back and work out, is this even a relationship of health? Your question is like, how do you develop a healthy communication of boundaries in the first place without scaring them off? If clear communication scares off somebody, I don't want to be in relationship with them. I don't want to do a relationship where 
clear communication is not a high priority. Right. But also, I don't launch into a brand new relationship with all of my guidelines. I'm moving slowly into relationship and anyway. establishing them. Yeah. Yes. But if, if I, 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 what I'm picking up on this person is, well, if I could do this now, then I won't have to do it later. Like, don't, don't build with later in mind. Build with, you know, what you've got and what it, where's the Holy Spirit leading you to. Mm. And then the, the ending part, like, for example, if you've known someone for a while and they're used to you letting them take control over you, how can you avoid this from happening? You can avoid this from happening by redefining the relationship. Like, hey, I notice that sometimes we go through seasons where I feel controlled by you. And as I was thinking about that, I'm realizing, oh, I've actually been complicit in that. So I want to change that dynamic. Can we talk about it? That's how you would stop it happening from the future. Now, that one confrontation might blow up your relationship. But if that's a regular feature of the relationship, it doesn't sound like a relationship you want to keep around. Yeah. P.S. When I answer questions about boundaries, things get really clear and really blunt. <laughs> and I'm sorry if I sound way too direct. Yeah. But I also think that from the beginning, without, like, you wouldn't have to meet with somebody for the first time and say, hey, uh, glad we're talking about being friends. Just letting you know, not going to let you control me. Not going to do this. Not. Gonna, I mean, that's never going to be healthy. But, but you train people how to treat you. Absolutely. From the very beginning. Yep. You know. So what if on that first meeting, that person, because many truth is told in jest, what happens if that person makes a joke about controlling you? Confront that immediately. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just like, hey, let's talk about that because that language scares me. Yeah reflective listening you know so somebody makes a joke like oh well we'll soon see like i tend to be quite controlling in relationships you tend to be quite controlling in relationships like just saying back what you or, heard oh that's interesting people. i'm not sure i want to be in a relationship with you then <laughs> you know okay next question how do you protect someone's heart when you know they need to be challenged i'll let you oh, handle this one Major. well it's not your job to protect their heart but why? But what if they get their feelings hurt? But what if... <laughs> <laughs> I just got the look of exasperation. It, well, I mean, there's so I mean, there's so much control in that statement. Mm -hmm. Like, how do I protect their heart? Yes. Not, not your job. Mm -hmm. They get their feelings hurt. They get their feelings hurt. They get hurt. their feelings hurt. But you can't have real relationship with anyone... If you're assessing all the time, are they going to be hurt if I tell them the truth? Right. You just you can't. Know, you can't. So if your question is like, you know they need to be challenged, and they've created an environment, or you've willingly created a relationship where challenge is not allowed, that's a really scary relationship to me. Yeah. Terrifying. So how do you protect their heart? You tell the truth in love. Like, the truth may be hard, but it doesn't have to be harsh. Yeah. Doesn't have to be meanly said or anything. And I'll often say, you know, if I hear something, I'll often say, "Hey, you know, like let them finish saying what they're saying." Can I ch can I challenge you on something? Like, do you feel? Can you go there with me right now? You know, and sometimes they're like, "I really can't." Like, I just, I just uh, shared something that was really difficult, and I, I don't feel like you know I can go there. Great. A key helpful phrase is. Um, would you be open to some feedback? Because you're giving them permission. You're, or you're seeking permission. Yeah. Would you be open to some feedback? Yeah. And then launch in. But yeah. you, 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 you can't protect someone's heart. But I'm just thinking, I, I can think of some recent conversations that I've had where I've said, hey, can I, I've used the word challenge, not feedback. You know, can I challenge you on something? 
And this person was like, I really don't feel like I have capacity for that right now. I'm like, great. You know, and then we met again like a couple weeks later and I said, you know, how are you doing? They're talking about whatever. And I said, and that person actually said, I, I think I'm ready to talk about what you want to just challenge me on. And I'm like, all right. You know, and if they hadn't asked, I would ask them, you right. know, so it kind of depends on, you know, how big a thing we're talking about because. Yeah. If it's a body in a freezer, don't challenge them. <laughs> Call 911. Okay. All right, next question. And then run. I love this question too. How can I make a good first impression when making new friends? The reason I love this question is I'm so curious about all of the questions behind that question. I'm going to answer that question at face value. And I would say the best way you can make a good first impression is to be yourself. I told a story last week about trying to make a good impression on like my friend was out with a friend of his that I really wanted to be a friend of mine, but I didn't know this person I had no inroad. And so my attempt at making that inroad was thinking about what would this person most like me to be and then try and meet it. That's horrible. That's disastrous. And we were good discernment's gonna see that coming at fifty paces and not, you know, not 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 be interested. The best version of you is the most authentic version of you. So how do you make a good first impression? Be yourself. Like, again, you're not auditioning for friendship. You're showing up and you're actually trusting that God's going to bring the people that he's already prepared for you to be in relationship with. Mm. And that's my thinking. I would also say uh, if if it seems like, gosh, I generally don't make a great first impression, I'd be asking the Holy Spirit, why like what because probably you have some sort of protection mechanism in place that is the reason you experience not making a good first impression and that can be anything from uh conversational style to like uh, i remember us having a conversation with somebody a number of years ago that was like why don't like why don't people ever want to just like you know be my friend but almost everything about what even what they wore how they did their hair that they didn't brush their teeth all that and i'm like you are you're in many ways protecting yourself over time from anybody ever wanting to get close right. to you but then you're experiencing the result of that and you don't seem to realize there's things that you could stop doing on a practical level if you were willing to have the conversation with the lord about hey is and and, I, and again i think this is for more extreme situations where it's like oh I just never seem to be able to uh, connect connect or meet people well. I would be going, oh, I'm going to go get some ministry around that. I'm going to see where I might have, you know, my porcupine quills out right. ready to make sure nobody tries to draw near me. And those might be visual and they might not. Well, see, we're, the sad reality is we're often the last people who know how we're being experienced. Yes. Yeah. And so the desire to connect could be there, but there could be a deeper desire to not be seen. Mm -hmm. And and that's working against you, and you don't even know it's there. Mm -hmm. So again, ministry, asking for you know feedback or input would be great. This section is all about tribalism. So many of us are yearning for community. How do you find your tribe? Do you have an answer for that? I'm like, how do you find your tribe? I mean, I guess I do it by feeling that they're like me. And they're probably, I'm probably going to find them in environments that I most want to be in. Mm -hmm. So 
the majority of my tribe I have found in the kind of church environment that I want to be in mm-hmm. and th- that feel most like me or most like they're looking for the same things I'm or they're heading for. in the direction of th- yeah. the direction I want to be in yeah okay that's a great great answer like you know you talked about a church environment let me ask a follow-up question about that so now you're in a church and the church largely is heading the direction you like and it's a church filled with people that have obviously got a shared value for the same values of the church mm. within that like how do you find your tribe this person asked this question how do you combat cliques clicks 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 i don't know which one it is. and live out community with inclusion and inclusiveness well i mean so I mean, we were talking about this earlier and i think oh, i don't think i've ever been in a click but i'm sure other people would say yes your friendship group is a little click or you know whatever so when you're in the middle of them you probably don't realize well, that's what, but I mean, but that just says that this is a group of friends who've already established relationship and you want in mm-hmm. and you're feeling, you know, threatened by that or sad about that or, or whatnot. So the question is, how, how do you what combat it? Yeah. How do you combat clicks and live out community with inclusion and inclusiveness? Well, it comes back to a faulty premise because right. not all relationships are about inclusion because right. you can't have a relationship with everybody. Yeah, you can't be friends with everybody. You know, I'm I've not, only I'm got one wife. That's like, true. I'm, I'm not living my marriage with a view to inclusion or inclusiveness. It's an exclusive relationship. Right. And so clicks are invisible. Clicks are only visible to people who aren't in it. And the irony is the people who are going like, that's a click, are themselves in a click that they are not aware of. Right. So now, all of us have little friendship groups. You know, yeah. that we function within and to the person on the outside, that probably looks like a click, but it's it, it is a functional group because we're designed to live in community. Mm-hmm. So that's really hard, though, when you're you've entered the larger group, the larger tribe, but you're wanting to get connected. Like, how do you do that? I think, again, it's praying for favor that God would connect you with the people that you're supposed to be connected yeah. and not writing a story when it's not with the people that you quote unquote want it to be. Yeah. Because usually the people you want it to be with is a story you've written in your your heart about how that's going to turn out rather than reality. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That and also, sense? I think be patient. Relationship, good relationship takes time. So if you're like, well, I just arrived here and I've discovered that this is the cool click over there mm-hmm. and I want to, now I'm going to try and infiltrate the cool click and it hasn't worked out well for me. So I'm going to go to a new church, you know, just sort of like, oh, there's nothing healthy about anything in that scenario. Right. Right. So what if you just went and determined to be known by people and see who the Lord brings? Mm-hmm. Okay. Similar question. How important is building new relationships when you found your people and don't really want to get more. <laughs> oh, I love that. I think I definitely have seasons where I'm like, I don't, I, 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 I am happy with the people that I'm friends with. I don't feel a deficit. Mm-hmm. However, I think if I'd had that attitude all the way through, I would have missed out on some of the friends that I now have, mm-hmm. you know, cause I, I haven't felt a friendship deficit, but I'm so thankful for even the new friends that I have that I didn't have a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. It's all about living with an open hand, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. I mean, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Yeah. And and so I, it's like yeah. living with an open hand, like, you know, Lord, my life is yours to steward. 
and I don't know who's going to be coming my way. Um, I'm sorry, I, like I'm not looking for new friends. I'm not like feeling a deficit. My friendship. That's the other thing. Like people have a confusion that like a friendship is something to be auditioned for, and if you didn't get the part, then somehow you felt like that's just literally not how relationships work. And yet somehow, like a lot of the conversations I've had with people are along those lines. It's like, look, be get so full up with the goodness of God, it live out of the joy of who you are and who he's created you to be, and you will attract other people who want to get to know the value and the worth that's in you. Yeah. And you can't find your value and your worth in the people who want to be friends with you. Yeah. That's just going to end up in one big narcissistic pileup that is just not going to be yeah. healthy at all. Yeah. I'm looking at this list and I'm looking at our clock and I'm realizing, man, I maybe got through three quarters of the questions. Okay. So and we have to go pick up our kids. We have to go camp. pick up our kids. So, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to wrap up this. Thank you to everybody who sent in a question. There are such good questions that I actually want to record yet another one that we're going to make for our members only. Um, if just to you, finish out the questions. Just to finish out the okay. questions, because some of the questions are from our members, and I want to make sure that they got honored. We just had so many of them. So if you would like to hear the answers to the remaining questions, you can become a member from as little as $1 an episode that we produce. Membership will get you access to the kind of extras that we're going to do in this. It'll also give you access to the video versions of this podcast, discounts to all of our products, our teachings, our trainings, our books. And it'll also give you priority Q&A and access to us through our, our membership platform. To become a member, go to alanandaj.com slash join. But there's more. We talk about prioritizing our family. We're about to go on our summer vacation. Yes, so we are. Woo-hoo. We are getting ready to leave. We're not going to be on air for the next two weeks. Fear not, we will be back. Um, the next episode of Keeping Up With The Joneses will be out Monday, August 16th. We have like 240-something episodes. So if you're new to the show and you want something to listen to over the next two weeks, Go back, pick any of the episodes, uh, you know, just browse through the titles, pick something that um, the Holy Spirit's speaking to you about. And we hope that you have a great time. We know that we're going to have a great time on vacation. And we will see you in two weeks' time. Bye. Faith, life, communication, tacos and video games. Paleo donuts and the kindness of God are things we deal with every day. From Franklin, Tennessee They are just like you and me Alan and AJ Keeping up with the Joneses Keeping up with the Joneses Sharing their life experiences Keeping up with the Joneses Keeping up with the Joneses They talk about faith in God And everything under the sun If you are a human being There's something here for everyone